Welcome to the Good Fight Tattoo podcast. Here's your opportunity to eavesdrop on the conversations and stories that are told whilst tattooing in our studio in London. There will be adult themes and strong language, so listener discretion is advised. With that out of the way, we hope you enjoy the podcast. In this episode, I talk with our guest artist, Victor, about weird tattooing stories and weird clients. And I talk with my client about crime rehabilitation. So I'm just recording now. But yeah, um, walking. Yeah, I really like it though. It's very soothing. Yeah, I've, uh, I've only, like since I got here Monday, I haven't really, I've t- taken the bus twice, I think. Then yeah. I've just been walking everywhere. See, I do the other. When I'm in cities, like in different countries, and I've yeah. never been there, my favourite thing is to go and take a bus tour. It is, though. It's really good. <laughs> bus tours are fucking well good. Yeah. Except for... Because you get to see uh, like, all the highlights, and you get to know like, where everything are. Yeah, you get to get a bit of an idea of things. Yeah. The only place I didn't enjoy the bus tour was uh, in Berlin. Because when yeah. I was in Berlin... I've done that. What was your experience of it? Because mine was basically just like... Everything in Berlin, they just talked about the war, and yes. they, they were super apologetic about it over yes. the little thing that you listen to. They're just like explaining things, and it's really like, oh, in the war, we were terrible in the war doing this. And like, yeah. I was going around on that bus just going, come on, man, we all know this shit. Like, everyone knows this history. Like, yeah, I feel the same. I've been to Berlin, I think, four or five times, and like, I'm the only person that I've met that doesn't like Berlin because it just feels like grey and depressing. I love Berlin. You I do? I think Berlin's really? great, yeah. But the, the bus I, I feel like the, not only the bus tour, but like everything cultural, like all the museums and everything is just like the war, the war, the war. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. But there's also the other side of Berlin that's very much like the party side and the music yeah, side. Yeah, and I all guess of that, 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 that part is good. Man, I had a great time in Berlin one time. Yeah. Me and my friend went and did karaoke until five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's the only time I've ever done karaoke. Oh, really? I used, to, I used to hate the idea of karaoke, but we went to that. And uh, Did yeah. you have like a private room or was it like in the big... Yeah? Well, we started off in like a big open room and everyone was going up on stage. And at that point I was like, nah, you're all right. Yeah. Because there's something it like... It is kind of awkward though. It's something really awkward seeing, like... My friend who I was with is, a, is an amazing singer. Yeah. Like, she's brilliant. Um, and she was just doing it for a bit of a laugh on the stage. But the thing that's really awkward is when people, like, they treat it like this is their moment, like they're on fucking X Factor, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, like, they just... It's, there's, like, a, a fine line, like... Because if you're doing karaoke, you're supposed to be a little bit shit. Yeah. But there's always one... One person that's like, you're too good for karaoke. Yeah, but that's like, fine if you're too good for karaoke. Like, my friend's too good for karaoke, but she yeah. doesn't take it seriously. She just pisses around. Yeah, and exactly. But there's always one that, like, like you're saying, like, this is my time to shine. Exactly. And you know you're way too good for karaoke, but you're like, you didn't get anywhere else. Yeah. So, like, you're just it's, taking it too seriously. So, there was someone like that yeah. when I was at the karaoke. When we were doing, like, it on the main stage. There was someone who was doing all like fist pumps and air grabs and things like that whilst <laughs> at the emotional parts of the song. Yeah. And they weren't even that good. And I remember just sitting and watching and just going, oh, fuck, you think you're good. You think you're really good. Yeah. You, it's almost like that person was like, someone's going to discover me here. This is my moment. Take uh, every opportunity. I love it when like 
that you see people like that, and then another one comes that's sort of good, and they get kind of jealous because, like, <laughs> are you gonna steal my spot? <laughs> and then they have to go up again, and they have to pick yeah, a better yeah. song, and like exactly the the, the most awkward. I, I I went to a pub one time with a long, long time ago with a with an ex girlfriend, and um, we didn't know karaoke was on, but it was like a little country country pub, so it was like the village. Yeah, the village folk came out and just sung YMCA and things like that, and just <laughs> fucked about. And there was, oh, I felt so bad. It was like the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. There was some kid who was clearly like, I don't know, clearly had some sort of um, mental issue, like yeah. was sort of autistic or mentally disabled or some something like that. You could clearly see, and he wanted to get up and sing. And I was really hoping he'd be good. I was like, I fucking hope this kid's going to be really yeah. good, right? Gets on the mic, just by himself. The most out of tune singing I've ever heard oh. in my life. And it got so awkward to a point where someone got up. Someone from the crowd got up. Because it was like, it was painfully bad. Yeah. And some, someone from the crowd got up and just started singing with the guy. Put their arm around the guy put, and started singing. Oh. Grabbed hold of the mic and just sort of was like moving it away from his face and more towards their face as they were singing more in tune <laughs> and just getting further and further away from this poor bloke. Trying to save him. Just trying to save him. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen. Wow. Speaking of awkward things, I was thinking about this on the way in. Uh-huh. You've been tattooing a while. You got any weird stories like of awkward situations whilst, whilst tattooing? I've been really like generally like spared of those situations. Have you? Yeah. I I was tattooing at a convention once in Sweden and I like I was pretty fresh in tattooing. It was my first convention I think. And my my colleague was in the same booth and he w- I think it was his first or second convention as well. <coughs> and so this happened to him, not to me, but he was next to me. And uh for some reason, he tattooed this pregnant lady, um, and she was like getting something on the arm. So she was sitting like this or something with you her arm. Should be tattooing someone who's pregnant. You shouldn't. No. no, that's that's so bad. Yeah, I know. Was she visibly pregnant? Yeah. What was your mate doing? I don't know. Well, anyway, like he was super fresh, and I was I've been tattooing for like a year, so I didn't think about it. And like everyone's in conventions in Sweden, they're drunk yeah. and. Like, you tattoo anyone that comes up, basically. <coughs> so, yeah, she was there with her husband, and she was, like, getting something, like, super small, like a, the paw of a cat or something, uh, in print or something. And uh, she would sit with her arms, like, poking his balls. <laughs> like, during getting the tattoo... What, on purpose? Yeah, given, given, yeah given like grabbing him between the legs. Really? Yeah. What, grab it? Sort of like like tickling him in the balls, you know? Oh. And like, she would sit like this and her husband would be like back to back, like looking the other way. Yeah. And he would be t- sitting like this and like trying to, to call me like, Victor, Victor, what the fuck do I do? Like, <laughs> because he, he realized that he couldn't make a scene out of it. Yeah. Because if he like, hey, what the fuck are you touching my balls? She would be just like, why would I be doing that? I'm pregnant and here with my husband. Yeah. And then he would look like the idiot, you know? So there was like no way out of that situation. So he was just like trying to like back off, but still like (laughs) trying to do the tattoo, you know? (laughs) 
and she was just like following him with his hand. That's so weird. And he was like, afterwards, luckily it was like a five minute tattoo, you know? Mm. But afterwards, he was like sweating and like panic like it was just like frozen like i didn't know what to do in that do think, situation do you think they've the 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 couple have got a thing where they they did perhaps like yeah because it just reminds me of a time when i worked in a studio a long while ago in in like a little town in essex and um, my friend ray was tattooing someone and what happened right is this woman came in and she came in with her husband and she was like he talked for her oh Actually, really she didn't talk at all right yeah. And he was like, right, so he, we, at first we assumed that she couldn't speak English or something like mm -hmm. that. Anyway, so he came up to the desk and he was like, oh, she wants to get a tattoo. This is what she wants. This is where she wants it. Yeah. Am I al allowed to be there so that I can, you know, watch? <coughs> and we were like, yeah, okay. So w what he explained that she wanted was the word filthy, <laughs> right? In like this horrible script. Of course. It, it's just in this horrible, really like block script. Right above her downstairs lady garden. Yeah, of course. Right? And uh, so Ray was like, okay, fine. Because, like, I don't know, like, we've all tattooed areas like that before. It's pretty fucking, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And so the guy was like, but I can watch, right? I can be there and I can watch. And wow. he was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's no it worries. was like his, his experience as well. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing, right? So Ray started getting up. Uh, and was tattooing and we were all in the same room it was like similar to this where there's like four stations all yeah. in the same room and so Ray starts tattooing I'm tattooing someone and Jason who owns the shop is tattooing someone as well mm -hmm. right and we're all in the same room we're all chatting and like Ray's bit was kind of around the corner a little bit right so the guy was watching he was out of view from the rest of us yeah. but could see what was going on with Ray tattooing his missus and he was behind Ray. So Ray couldn't see him. And so Ray was doing this tattoo and like two, yeah. or f like two, maybe two letters in, he could hear this guy like, you know like when someone's got a load of change in their pocket yeah. and it's jangling a lot when they're walking. So it's like this. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. So Ray turned around and it, he's, it looked like the guy was wanking because he had his hand in his pocket and there was a bit of movement going on there and Ray was like, Mate, you need to chill out. You can't be doing that. Wow. Right? And then started tattooing again. And literally two minutes later, the guy's properly tugging one out. Like, he hasn't got his knob out. He's got his hand in his pocket, and he's vigorously trying to wank one off. That is so awkward. So we had to kick him out. We had to kick him out. We had to just be like, mate, you've got to leave. Yeah. You've got to fuck off now. You can't, you can't be here. And <laughs> it turned out his missus could speak perfect English. It was just some sort of weird... Like dominant yeah. play. Ah, oh, it was so odd. That's horrible. Yeah, I I have I've been to that. It's not that bad, but the same colleague actually that had the the wanking in the convention. <laughs> <laughs> the ball tickling. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of style does your mate do? Does he do some sort of weird kinky style tattoo? No, no, he did like attracts old perverts. school, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like a regular old school tattoo. Right, so he doesn't do like pervy style or something no, no, like no, that? No, no, not at all. And he was supposed to tattoo this. Like we had a regular, this is a, at my old shop. We had a regular and he was going to tattoo her girlfriend. Like on the, I think on the thigh. So it was nothing like intimate or anything like that. But she had to take her pants off because she, she didn't bring shorts or anything. Mm -hmm. 
And for some reason, she got this like see-through lace thong on. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Like normal getting tattooed there. I'm, like. I'm wearing one now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she tried to like play it off like, oh damn, I I forgot I was getting tattooed today. Like I wouldn't bring these undies. Isn't it weird? Like, like I think there's some people that get off on that sort of thing. Yeah. And the thing is that his station was pretty much the first thing you see when you come in the front door. Like in Sweden, we don't have these covering walls or anything. Yeah. You can just like... Walk straight in. Walk straight in. And <coughs> so basically, the, the first thing that customers or anyone walking into the shop would see would be her legs like pretty much spread and then see-through lace. Right. So they would, you could see like customers coming in like this and like... <laughs> just like stopping for a second just to yeah. to look at her you know and her boyfriend would sit like next to her and like holding her hand like this like what the fuck is happening well, so like, he's not into it at all he's he just didn't like, like oh, it God. one bit you know but she loved it you know how like maybe 30 people get like a nice view that day it's, it's weird though like I think it's weird people making like those things involve other people yeah do you know what I mean? Like, I, I get people wanting to be a bit naughty in public and things like that, and all sorts of sauciness. But yeah, but it's like, it's when it's not only on your expense, it gets Yeah, weird. when it's involving other people. Exactly. It's like, they're not party to it, and then it becomes a bit weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. Yeah. The, the amount of times that that happens, though, like, situations where, like, people have to take off a bra... And you're like, it's okay, you don't need to like, it's literally under where the strap is. And it's like, you don't need to take that whole thing yeah. off. You just need to move the strap and we can exactly. like, tape the rest of it up so that it doesn't move. And like, you're, whilst you're explaining this, you turn around and then all of a sudden they're literally just standing there in just their pants and you're like, yeah. what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you don't need to do that. Yeah, that's weird. And I don't, also don't get like people, you know when people come dressed to impress for a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what do you think this is? This isn't Miami Ink. You're not going to be on TV. Yeah. Like, I feel like that a lot, a lot of times when I go to concerts. Mm. And like, especially girls, like they dress up way too much. Because like, if I go to a concert, I know I'm going to be like standing for a couple of hours. So yeah. And it's going to be sweaty. Yeah, it's going to be sweaty. So I pretty much like, okay, I'm going to have some comfy shoes and some comfy clothes because this is... Like, I'm not there to show off. I'm there to watch a show and be comfortable, you know? Yeah. And then some girls come in, like, high stiletto heels and, like, these super tight dresses and, like, way too much makeup and, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> the thing that gets me it's, with... It's fucking Slayer. Who cares? Yeah. But then the same <laughs> with guys who go to those sorts of gigs wearing yeah. fucking corpse paint and shit like that. And, like, the, the, it gets me when, pe when there's guys that, like dress like they're in the Matrix every fucking day of the yeah. year, even when it's fucking summer. And you're Can't, just like... It's a little bit impressive, though. Nah, I don't think it is. I'm <laughs> just like, what are you doing, mate? Just fucking put on a pair of shorts. Yeah. Just chill the fuck out. All right, we get it. You like the Matrix. <laughs> so, do you think that Harvey Weinstein and, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey should... Do you think they should have a, an ability to get back into the industry once they, if they did get prosecuted and they did mm -hmm. get like put in prison, they spent time in prison, do you think they should be allowed back into the industry? Oh yeah, no. I think anyone should be allowed 
should be re-accepted into society or whatever they were doing before, once they've sort of been through the system. If there's evidence that, you know, they've improved. But how do you how do you sort of get that? Yeah, I mean it's difficult, but there are there are probation officers or officers who who are there to make those evaluations. Yeah. I don't know how accurate it is, but I do agree that if those officers are of the opinion that it's okay for the person to go back to society as before, then I do think they sh- they should be able to do what they were doing before. I do think that there's um, way too much stigma around former criminals, and I, I do think it's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things that's really difficult, like if you've gone to prison for anything, yeah. to be then taken seriously in any line of work ever again, Yeah, and to ever be able to get back into society. Because I, I actually believe in the idea of uh, rehabilitation. I mean, the prison system we have here, I don't believe, is re- a rehabilitative system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a punitive system. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think a rehabilitative system would be a good thing. And I, but I, so, so I, do, I do go by the idea of I think people should be allowed to rehabilitate into society. No, I agree. Almost no matter what they've done. Mm-hmm. So long as there's an effort to properly rehabilitate them. Yeah, yeah. Because I do believe in giving people another chance. Yeah, no, I agree as well. I actually saw this, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but I think it was one of Louis Theroux's documentaries where he went to, he was somewhere in the US and he went to this small, it was almost a sort of small village outside of a major city mm-hmm. where, um, well, former pedophiles just were sent there Yeah. just because they they couldn't, find work or housing anywhere in the city just because of the stigma. Yeah. But you know, they, they went to prison or whatever institution they were sent to. Um, they were deemed, you know, safe to return to society, but you know, weren't able to just because It's pe- a difficult one to deem safe to return to society. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Uh, and I it's a very it's emotive one, especially case. like to do with paedophiles. Yeah. Um, and that's always the one that people bring up. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day, and they were we weren't recording for the podcast, but we mm. were talking, and the subject of that came up and how to deal with them. I personally think there needs to be a lot more effort into researching what makes people do those sorts of things mm-hmm. and, and how to then maybe possibly combat that. Yeah. Um, her attitude was kill them all. Okay. Anyone, anyone who's ever been anyone who's ever been convicted of being a paedophile, they right. should be killed. They don't deserve a right to life. Right. And I think that's quite... It's harsh, isn't it? It's a bit harsh. Yeah. I mean, paedophilia, like the people who do those sorts of things, commit horrible acts that affect people for the rest of their life. And her argument was that the people who've been affected by paedophilia, like people who are the victims of it, they have to live with that for the rest of their life. Yeah. So they don't get a chance to, like... Um, they don't get a chance to rehabilitation so much from that, like you know. Yeah. So yeah. why the fuck should the person who's committed the crime? Like, and I do understand her point from that. Yeah. I don't agree that no, that I means that yeah, they should I, be I, killed. I don't think I agree with that. I think it's a difficult thing to agree to killing people. Because my my view on that is, if there's ever one. It, uh, 
even if you, I did agree, if there's ever one person who gets wrongly convicted, yeah. and killed, we failed. Yeah, exactly. Humanity failed. <laughs> but then, weirdly, I do think that uh, we could probably do with less humans on on Ugh. the planet. So maybe I should get behind the death penalty. Maybe I'm thinking about it all wrong. <laughs> Overpopulation is definitely a problem. Oh yeah, and it's going to become an even bigger problem. I think we should stop it at the source. We should stop people having kids, <laughs> <laughs> or at least like make it so there's a test. <laughs> you can't even drive a car without a license. Why can you? Why can you have a kid? Yeah. Maybe like an IQ test or something like that. I probably won't put that bit on the podcast. People <laughs> lose their mind about that. But I actually do like in a more on a more serious note. I do think there should be something where we pay more attention to who's having kids and whether they should be allowed to have kids or not. Yeah. I don't. I don't just arbitrarily uh, idea. I uh, believe in this idea of like everyone should just be allowed to have a kid if they want. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense because we already have a system where we take kids away from people that shouldn't be allowed to have kids. So we've already deemed that some people shouldn't be allowed to have kids. In that's which case, point. why should we allow them to physically have them to then take them away? Yeah, that's a fair point. A like point we, we already have a system for that. Yeah. <coughs> but you know, the, the the moment you bring that up and say, should we? Should we maybe not allow them to have the kids in the first place? People go, you're Hitler. Yeah. And I go, well, I'm not. I can imagine that. I'm not. I'm just saying that we already say they're not allowed kids. Yeah. So why are we allowing them to have kids and then take those kids away? Hitler. Okay. Okay. I won't. We won't discuss this any further. <laughs> Sorry. But I do think, like, going back to something we were talking about earlier, like, I do think... The way media portrays things and the way things are in just, just general society makes it hard to have discussions. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially these days. I think it's getting harder and harder. Because the media loves to just box an issue straight away, pigeonhole an issue. And I feel like... And demonize people. Yeah, well. people are starting to adopt the same attitude. People very much adopt that attitude. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very pronounced... I guess it's pronounced here as well, but especially in the U.S., um, there's a clear, very clear divide between liberals and conservatives. Mm. And like, I don't necessarily get that division. It's not. It's not, oftentimes it's not clear cut. But if you're in the U.S. and you know you say you're a liberal, uh, people have already boxed you in. You know, there. That I feel like at that point the debate has already become quite useless just yeah. because people have entered with so many preconceptions. I don't understand the idea of identifying yourself as being one or the other. Yeah. Like, I don't like... I vote Labour generally. Yeah. But I wouldn't say I am Labour because I don't agree with everything that they do. Exactly. Yeah. I think, and I think to, to just automatically... I think the way we deal with things in life, like... I don't know if... Do you, I don't know what you think, right? But some people... Some people would say it's an innate thing in human beings to want to be part of a team. Mm. And politics is just something that appeals to that. Yeah. What, what do you think? Mm. 
It's a hard one. I'm not sure if it's an innate thing. Do you think it's a learned thing, a societal thing? Yeah, because, I mean, society values values community, I guess. And, like, from a very young age, you're told that that is what you should be striving for. Mm. So I do, I do think that most attitudes, you know, or behavioral patterns are learned. Do you think there's any innate ones? Because I do think that there is an innate thing of wanting to be part of a group. Yeah. Like human beings are essentially pack animals mm-hmm. and dogs exhibit that um, without an understanding or a sense of what community is and why it's important they automatically exhibit this want to be part of a group yeah. so do you think do you think people who are loners do you think that's sort of a side effect of society or why do you think they choose to become loners do you think there's many people who truly choose to become a loner Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I guess I've not spoken to them, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they make themselves difficult to yeah. chat with, don't they? Yeah, no. But I don't think that there's many people who do that. Yeah. I don't think there's very many people who isolate themselves completely off from society. There are. Yeah, they like do that. Exist. Yeah, like the Unabomber, I think. He tried yeah. to do that. Yep. Lived in the forest by himself. There's a, there's a guy who does that in Norway who lives by, in a forest by himself at a point where it's almost impossible to get there by any means other than yeah book. yeah um and generally these people are people who have mental problems <laughs> uh-huh. yeah <laughs> there's a sort of a Possibly, broad generalization yeah. about it so i think probably the sort of people that do that who do isolate themselves are people with mental issues okay yeah i i, I don't know i don't have any facts to back that up or any anything other than just you know conjecture seems like yeah just what it seems like to me. I don't think it's normal for human beings to do that. Mm. I think human beings naturally are pack animals. Yeah. So I do think there's something innate in humans to want to be part of a group. And yeah, I, I see what you're saying about like you know people like the Unabomber and that guy who lives in a in the woods in Norway. You know there are exceptions to this, so then possibly that's not true. But I think you're gonna you have exceptions in every aspect of life. Yeah, sure. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that overall a rule isn't a fair rule. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's always an exception to every rule. It doesn't mean that a rule isn't a rule, though. God, I don't know how people do do that though. Live alone. Yeah. Like people who just like live in woods, fucking hundreds of miles away from anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he the guy who lives with wolves, or maybe that's someone else? But there's a guy who's sort of learned to live amongst wolves, which is quite weird. He hasn't learned to live amongst wolves. They just let him not die. Yeah. <laughs> They're in control of that whole thing. He hasn't learned anything. They just. <laughs> I don't know. They just sort of let him not die. It's the only way I can explain it. And one day they will kill him. It's like that guy. There's a documentary about that guy who thought he could talk to bears and would live amongst bears. And they didn't kill him. And they didn't kill him for years and years and years and years and years. And then eventually killed him. (laughs) Because they're they're actually in charge of that whole thing. And they were just, I don't know, fascinated by him maybe. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you have, do all the uh, good things like 
like it, subscribe, follow, whatever platform you're on, they're, they're different. Uh, tell your friends though, that's the most important thing. Tell other people, because that's word of mouth, that's how things get around. Cheers, thanks, and all that. <laughs>